2: Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk a little college football is Thor Nystrom. He's an NFL draft and college football analyst for Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Thor, thank you so much for joining us. Let's go ahead and start with Colorado. Do you believe that they can cover 20 and a half? The total in this game is 70 and a half as well. Side total, what do you like?
3: I, I don't. Uh, I've been on Colorado the first three weeks. We are jumping off the ship this time, and we're back in the other team. This is – it's not because of the narratives out there of, like, oh, maybe Colorado put too much into the first three games or or Colorado's fraudulent or anything like that. It's just this is a terrible matchup for Colorado, particularly without Travis Hunter. Oregon, their offense, they can spread you out, and then they beat you in the quick hitting game, in the quick hitting passing game. What did we just see with Colorado last week? They got torched by Colorado State's short passing game over and over and over and over again. And now you don't have Travis Hunter in the secondary. When your secondary was already out, Cormani McLean, the other five-star that you brought in at cornerback, and Miles Slusher, the longtime starter at Arkansas, who was your projected nickel back this year. And then on the other, uh, uh, when you flip the field the other way, Colorado can't run. They have to throw, and now they're, they're you know, pass-happy system. You're down to the two legitimate starters. They tried to fill in for Hunter as best they could when he went down on offense uh, last week against Colorado State, but it's just not the same thing. What's Oregon's defensive strength? It's their pass defense. Their pass defense have been really good this year, uh, top 25 in the advanced metrics. I, I don't think this is going to end well for Colorado. This is Oregon in a blowout.
0: Thor, let's go to South Bend Saturday night. Ohio State, three-point road favorites. You could find a juiced three-and-a-half if you're thinking the Irish side. Uh, that is still available. How are you betting this uh, big-time clash?
3: I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love the hook, but I don't need the points. Notre Dame's going to win this game. Uh, Notre, <laughs> Dame <matches laughs> yeah. up. Ooh. Notre Dame matches up really well with, with Ohio State. Uh, in the, the pass defense in particular, uh, that's where Notre Dame's been really good. They have a really good secondary <laughs> They're able to address Marvin Harrison and Buka. And I wonder about Kyle McCord now in his first game against a legitimate opponent. Now you're on the road in South Bend. The pass rush for Notre Dame is really solid as well. Kyle McCord's going to have to be really good in this game for that team to win. I don't trust Ohio State's run game. Last year, it was not good. It hasn't been great yet so far this season. I think Notre Dame makes that a wash too, puts all the pressure on McCourt. I think that's going to be a problem. And then the, on the other side, I don't think people realize how good this Notre Dame offense has gotten. In the advanced metrics, the offense right now is actually ranked slightly ahead of the Notre Dame's defense, which is super salty. They're both top 10. Notre Dame's offense, it's top 20 in passing efficiency, passing explosion, running explosion, running efficiency. You can't get any better than that. It's just they run they still run at that slow tempo. So I don't think people realize how good it's gotten. But even running at this slow this snail's pace they run at, they've scored forty plus points in every single game so far. I, I think their offense is gonna have success doing both things against Ohio State's defense. I think Notre Dame wins this game.
1: Thor, thank you so much for joining us. Last week, I was fading Mississippi State saying they looked like frauds, and that was an easy bet. I think I want to do it again at South Carolina. This spread at six and a half. Which side do you like here?
3: I I could definitely see that. I'm definitely not uh, looking to back Mississippi State uh, going forward. I watched every <laughs> snap of that game against LSU. Mississippi State, you know, your, pro- your problem is you've recruited all these guys to run Mike Leach's air raid. And now you're tr- like, and, and if Mike Leach was still there, this team would have been really good. They actually returned a lot of guys on offense. But then you tried to take all those pieces and shove them into the Appalachian State run happy system and that does the RPOs and different stuff like that. Diametrically opposite systems. And, and that's what they've been trying to do this season. They brought in the Appalachian State offensive coordinator. That has gone about as we predicted. Their offense can just become feeble. The, my only slight trepidation here is South Carolina's defense takes away your explosive plays, uh, but you can nick them all day long. And Mississippi State, they're not an explosive offense. I mean, that's if they're going to do anything, it's going to be that. But even that said, Mississippi State's offense is not stopping South Carolina's passing game in this one. So it'd probably be South Carolina pass for me. Staying in
2: the SEC, Thor, we've got Ole Miss at Alabama. The Tide's a seven-point favorite. Total 54-and-a-half. What do you like there?
3: I like Mississippi in this game, and, and I like Mississippi to upset Alabama as well. And to me, Ooh. it's not an upset. This Alabama team's not good. Uh, I've been talking about this since the summer. This roster is way, way down from the other uh, ones we've seen for Nick Saban the past several years. They don't have a quarterback all three of their quarterbacks are g5 level their running game is uninspiring they have to platoon the two guys now neither of them's a star the offensive line was down last year it's no better this year same with the receiving core and then your defense is down a little bit but now they have to trust the defense you know which is maybe top 12 in the nation it's not elite right uh and because your your offense is not good Uh, Now you put back in Milrow, at least with Milrow, you can guard against your offensive line being as mediocre as it is and try to manufacture a running game, but they can't throw. Nobody's afraid of their throwing, especially efficiently. You know, they they can't stay on schedule. Milrow, he's got a gun. He can push it downfield, but the accuracy comes and goes to be generous. Uh, And and so it's just so hard to to stay on schedule. The other thing, you you flip to the other side of the field. Alabama's run defense, it, it gets nicked all the time. It'll take away your long runs. It doesn't give up explosives, but you can nick it for the four-yard, five-yard gain every single play. Quinchon Junkins is going to eat against that, that run defense, just carving it out, putting them closer to the sticks. And then the other thing is Alabama, they, they're pretty good with the efficiency on the pass defense, you know, Kool-Aid, McKinnistry and, and those different guys, preventing uh, completion, stuff like that. But you can nick them long. I think the route here for Mississippi is you use the ground game for the efficiency, moving the chains, whatnot, and then you're going to have the long passes. What Alabama's pass defense struggles with, it's, it's getting lit up for the long stuff. Jackson Dart in the play-action game and off RPO is going to hit some long ones. Mississippi's winning this one.
0: Nice. Uh, Florida State and Clemson, I know some people were holding off to see if they can get Clemson as a field goal home dog doesn't look like it's going in that direction. Like the super book went down to two. I saw a couple of other books, one and a half, but for the most part, holding strong at two and a half, did Clemson figure something out since Duke? That's what people are trying to, trying to think about. I'm like, I don't know if it looks like to me, like they played a couple of cupcakes. Let's say you.
3: Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would be in the camp of, 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 I was waiting for that three to see if I could get yeah. that three. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But, yeah, you know, Florida State last week, obviously, they struggled against Boston College. Now Jordan Travis is a little nicked up. I, I think he's going to play. The thing that concerns me more for Florida State, though, sort of long term, is their run game hasn't been good this year. And it's really surprising me because I, I really like Trey Benson. And you get the added mobility element, of course, from Jordan Travis when he's not nicked up. And so it's like, of course, this running game is going to be awesome. But it really hasn't been so far. And, and you put it up against a uh, good defense on the road. Uh, Clemson defense is still really good. They haven't, they haven't played a, a ton of people yet, but it, it's, it's still a good defense. And you wonder if Clemson's able to make Florida State play one-handed, and that one hand is their injury depreciated quarterback thrown into the teeth of that defense, and you don't have as much use of his legs. That's where it starts to fall apart a little bit for me on the Florida State side. Look, I'm not impressed by Clemson this year. It's not like I love Clemson or I'm like looking to back Clemson. I see the same things that that other people see. But I, I just think, yeah, this Florida State offense could struggle, I think, on Saturday, depending on where Jordan Travis is with his health.
1: Duke at UConn. I don't know if you believe in trap games or maybe that Duke could be looking ahead to the Notre Dame game, but what side do you like in this matchup?
3: Yeah. I, I haven't seen where the live line is. My, my line's Duke minus 24.2. Uh, so it, it's, it's less than that, right? The last one I'm seeing is 21 and a half.
1: Yeah. I saw 21 and a half.
3: Yeah. So my system would still be saying lay it with Duke. Uh, I, I want to believe in the fight in Jim Morris again. Last year was super fun when they rallied <laughs> into, into the full season and different stuff like that. But this team doesn't look as good as this one last year. And it's weird because, you know, he had the one-off season to turn the thing around, and, and they did so well. Even though last year's team had all, all these injuries and different stuff like that, this one they've had the couple poor performances so far. You wonder how they're going to be able to manufacture offense against Duke. You know, UConn—they—they're using Taquan Roberson, the old Penn State backup, to to you know scramble around and stuff like that. They—they've been rotating in and out running backs. They always seem to have injuries at that position. I just wonder how they manufacture offense here. They're certainly not stopping Riley Leonard. I the the, the line of CY is twenty one and a half, but for me, it should be more like twenty four.
2: He's Thor Nystrom, NFL Draft and College Football Analyst for Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros here on BetQL Daily. Thor, maybe this is more of a process question than it is anything else, but I'm looking at all of the dysfunction when it comes to the Michigan State football program, and I wonder how to quantify that because there's seven and a half point dogs at home to Maryland. Maryland's maybe not a team that a lot of us are paying attention to, but when you have a team with that much dysfunction Is it something where you just fade them as much as possible, or do you feel like the market might overcorrect for things like that?
3: Um, Yeah, definitely more the latter. Uh, I'm definitely not looking to invest in Michigan State. My line in that game is Maryland minus five and a half, but you could argue I haven't toggled Michigan State down far enough. I did as much as I felt like (laughs) I possibly could, but maybe it's still not quite far enough. Last week Mm -hmm. I was both laying the points with Maryland when they they covered their game against Virginia. And also I was fading Michigan state. I I had a ticket on Washington. We won both of those ones. This line is it's probably fair, you know, you know, sort of baking in a couple points of tax on, you know, because of the ridiculousness going on with the Michigan state team and not a very good Michigan state team either. Right. Like when Peyton Thorne and in particular Keon Coleman left after the spring, it's like this is this is not normal and this is not good. And you wonder in hindsight, like, did those guys know something? Because usually you don't see a team starting quarterback in their round one projected receiver leave after the spring. That it just doesn't really happen. So yeah, it's it's a bad team that now is being run by an interim coaching staff. Who every time they talk to the media, it's just questions about Mel Tucker. It's definitely a fade. Um, I I don't know if there's as much value in this one as I saw in the two games last week, but this would be Maryland or nothing.
0: As a draft analyst, just a few games in, but one of the talking points early on in the college football season has been the strong quarterback play. How are you viewing this QB class so far? And how would you uh, top of mind for, for the moment, it could change. How would you uh, rank the top few guys? What order?
3: This, uh, this quarterback class is awesome. Um, it's, it's really, really good. And that's even if Shadir Sanders doesn't opt into it, it's going to be awesome either way. And really, really mm-hmm. deep. I, I can tell you, there's guys down the board there that were for sure going to declare after this season that are already talking. Like, Oh, I might have to go back. They start seeing the <laughs> list of and it's like, man, my route to get drafted here, it would have to be X number of quarterbacks drafted. We had a lot drafted last year, but there could be even a little bit more this year, but you know, is there is there cheers for everyone when the music stops? My my top one, of course, <laughs> Caleb Williams at the bullet. Uh, Drake May is is pretty with a bullet at QB two for me. Um, although Shadir Sanders, if he keeps playing like this, he could surpass him. We'll, we'll have to see how he does without Travis Hunter. If they can manufacture a bunch of offense against Oregon without him, I, I might have to. Have, You know, change that opinion and start moving them closer to Drake May, but I'd have Drake May too. I'd have Shadir three for sure. And Quinn Ewers would be four right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. That's a great point about some guys just not wanting to enter the draft because it's such a deep class. So which team on the board is better than their record suggests? Which dog do you love this week?
3: Um as far as well, you know, we, we mentioned the two before with with Alabama and um, or I'm sorry, with uh, uh, Ole Miss and with Notre Dame. A couple other ones I like. Uh, we were talking about Colorado before. I Colorado State. Colorado State getting three points at Middle Tennessee State. It's not because Colorado State played really well last week and opened my eyes or whatever. It's This is a really good matchup for them. In fact, them coming off that game last week, double overtime late Saturday night, it's literally my only trepidation about this handicap is do you, do you still have the energy where you can get up and you don't need to play your A-plus game this one. A C-1 will be fine. To beat this Middle Tennessee State team, I made so much friggin' money on Middle Tennessee betting on or against Middle Tennessee State last last year, because and and this team is the exact same thing. It's such a matchup uh, uh, specific handicap. The Middle Tennessee State team, they they never run the ball. They try to spread the field. They have these like little shifty receivers, whatever. And they, they get the ball out faster than any team in the nation. So it's like snap, the quarterback's either looking left or right, and he's going to throw down the line. They're not taking any chances. It's just quick hitting on both sides. And then on the, the other side of the ball, Middle Tennessee State has the their conference's best front seven, but their secondary is not good. So if you can only run, Middle Tennessee State will shut down your offense. If you can only pass, or if you can pass, you will light them up all afternoon. They will not be able to get you off of the field. And if you can disrupt their short passing game, you stop their offense whole hog. There's nothing else that they can do. What did Colorado State do so effectively last week to start that opened our eyes? Address Colorado's short passing game. Colorado doesn't throw down the field a ton. They do a little bit, certainly more than the middle does. But not a t- they're looking to beat you w- with those timing routes across the middle, whatnot, and give yak opportunities. Colorado State had a really good strategy for that. Colorado State plays a lot of man coverage on the outside with their corners and their safeties crash crash down to help at the, the catch point. They're really skilled at that. Uh, tr- you know, Travis Hunter might disagree with that, but that wasn't really a catch point. That was a cheap shot. But uh, so you know, I, I think I think that Colorado State they can address what Middle Tennessee State's offense does, and then on the other side the colorado state quick hitting passing game of their own that destroyed colorado it's going to destroy middle tennessee state as well because their secondary is just not very right. good that's how you would want to attack them
2: good stuff good stuff Thor nice thank you so much for your time we greatly appreciate it this is back well daily presented by bet mgm coming up next we finalize our favorite plays for this weekend's college football card right here on the back network